Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review, the podcast dedicated to bringing our listeners, the artists and writers that are part of this renaissance of creativity, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. The guest today is Lynn Sheridan, or at the Otaku Author, a writer who describes himself as an author who analyzes anime to extract all the delightful wacky goodness and turn it into original fiction. Welcome to the show. Hi, Zeke. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, always uh, interested to talk to writers. And, you know, your description of you is uh, you analyze anime and take all the good stuff and make original fiction. So how do, can you explain that, like elaborate on that idea for me? Um, sure. Um, so like by my, my day job, I'm an analyst. Um, so I'm always looking at statistics and numbers and uh I guess I've always been interested in stories since I was a kid when we'd pick up a, a video from the video store and oh, shows how old I am now. Um, but uh, my parents would be like, okay, we've got this for two days. If you want to watch it again, now's the time to do it. And I would probably watch it three or four times back to back, you know, just to get the most out of it. Um, and so I think even from that sort of age, I was always like trying to pick apart what's working, uh, what I'm enjoying, what I'm not enjoying. Um, I find oftentimes I'll get ideas watching stuff that that doesn't inspire me because uh, I'll be watching it and see it and go, oh, well, what if they'd done it a different way? Um, and oftentimes that'll lead me on a, a bit of a spark of discovery and so you, you let the possible scenarios kind of take you down a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I always um, start everything with a what if, you know, and, and, and constantly pile more what ifs on top of that. Yeah. I, I, I do the exact same thing and don't worry. Uh, when I, I, we didn't have a VCR until 1983. Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember pre VCR. I remember my uncle had a Betamax, so <laughs> yeah, which is a better format. Yeah, the Betamax is better, but you know VHS won the uh, VCR wars for one particular reason. It was cheaper than Beta. Yeah, and you know a certain industry out in the valley in California decided to film all their movies on it, and. Uh, yeah, the, the, that industry is often at the forefront of technology, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who adopted VR first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now tell me about, okay, you, you, you watch the shows and you get these ideas. Now, do you, are you trying to make like just that what if scenario or are you trying to flush it out into a full fledged plot? Um, when I'm watching it, I'm generally just pulling out like little ideas, little, little things that sort of really talk to me about that episode. Um, like at the, the moment I do a lot of, a uh, lot of episode reviews on, on my website, the, the Otaku Warfare. Um, and it's a, it's a mix of seasonal shows and some of the, the 
I say older, but the, the older ones that I really enjoyed the first time I watched it. So now I'm going back and, and really sort of looking at like the specifics of, you know, this character did something really interesting at this point. And, and so I'm building up almost like a, a library of, of little sort of nuggets that I can call on when I need to. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it, it, you're, you're, I mean, I, I know I've done, I'm, I'm one of those people who rewatches things a lot and, uh, and it, I like going back through and, you know, you pick up on details that you didn't notice before, especially, especially if you're a sub watcher, if you watch subtitles, you have, you have to watch it at least a couple times because your attention is on the subs and you do miss a lot of details that are in the uh, in the story sometimes or at least in the art of the story are you i mean is 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 uh let's see is the goal of uh the website to be more of review or are you you're going to push it towards the side of original fiction or is it just gonna you think you're going to keep it as a, a good blend of both uh i think the, a good ben, good blend of both is is the sort of the feeling I'm, I'm getting uh this is this is probably my fifth or sixth website um like i've gone through various like iterations and and now i feel like this is the brand i want and it it, it focuses on the stuff i'm interested in with anime and writing um so it gets the sort of the nice balance of the two um like originally uh you know, when I started writing, it was, uh, you know, everyone's like, you need a platform, you need something to, that people can find you. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to be one of those new authors that was writing about writing all the time. Like, <laughs> you know, listen to me, I know everything, you know, I've got like one book out. Um, whereas, you know, I felt that, you know, I knew about anime and I'd been watching it since I was like 12. Um, and so it just felt like, you know, just to keep the blog ticking over, I'd, I'd post a review on something I'd seen. Um, and it just kind of evolved from that. So you talk about writing. Uh, when have you always been a natural storyteller? Is this something that you've always done? I mean, some of some people have found writing is something that they enjoy doing later in life. And then there are some of us who've been telling stories and uh, writing them out since, you know, we could make letters it, it are, which, which category you think you're in? Uh, probably the, the, the later development. Um, like I have always been thinking stories. I've always been, um, like doing things in my head and I, I draw quite a bit as well. So I, I've always like been drawn to manga and, and wanted to do something similar to that. Um, time is is always a, a an issue with that um whereas writing i find is it's it's quicker and easier to get the story down and and do that um it was I'm trying to think when it was i the first time i i suppose i really got into it i did uh, nano rimo with a, a group of friends and we we did this story where we bounced it between us so everyone okay. would write would write the day's target and then pass it on um and that was it was crazy it was a lot of fun and it was it was like um 
watching a serial unfold because you know it come back to you four days later and the story would have taken a massive swerve somebody would have died <laughs> um and you'd have to try and <laughs> sort of bring it back to where you were thinking and so it was very sort of improv and, and really interesting um and from that i think that really gave me the sort of belief that i could actually write rather than just dream of writing well i mean hey as i say uh, i i tell i use this in a lot of ways uh for students um is that you you can i don't believe it's the same philosophy i have with bucket lists i don't believe in a bucket list i believe in things that i'm going to do but because if i say it's on the bucket list that's like oh i will get to that one day yeah. I mean, if, if you make it a priority in your life, you tend to find a way to, to get it. And for a lot of us, um, we have found ways to make writing a priority because it's something that we enjoy. And that's the, I think that's a key thing, key element is that writing is something that's part of you. That's if you're always telling stories, you want to get it down and you want to create this world. Um, and, are you more of a prompt guy, a prompt guy, or do you do you like coming up with original worlds? Um, very much original worlds. Like I, you know, I'm obviously I'm looking at uh, anime at the moment, and I have uh, a bunch of posts on my site where I I pr um, put out a spin-off idea on a series. Okay. Um, so it's just like a bit of fun where I take a character that I enjoyed from a series and give them a a spin-off idea um but on the whole when i'm writing my stuff it's generally like completely made up and like it's more the the mechanics that i'm pulling from from anime like the the, the tropes and and how um how characters react and 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 that sort of thing um oh hey, hey i i love I love making this comparison um, and I, I've made it multiple times on this podcast because I've asked authors, you know, a lot of authors, they get started by writing fan fiction and they're usually reluctant to say so like, well, remember when you were in school and you were given a prompt from your teacher, that's exactly what a fanfic piece is. And you are just taking the framework of a story and you're expanding upon it. And, you know, most stories in this world, as Joseph Campbell dictated, are in uh, a hero of a thousand faces. We are all pulling from the same elements. And in some cases, those elements are more laid out for us than others. But it's uh, telling a good story. Stories always have some of the same elements. I mean, especially if it's an adventure, you've got your, you've got your hero, you've got what they, you know, their discovery of their calling and they're, they go on the adventure and then they deal with the, you know, this moment of doubt and it all comes back, you know, it, and it all almost full, falls full circle. And, uh, you know, that's, that's storytelling. And whether you get that prompting from somewhere else or, it's straight out of your brain. It's still, uh, every story to me has legitimacy. I don't care where the inspiration comes from. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think 
you know, we're ultimately a sum of our experiences. Yes. Um, so there's, you know, it, it's like when, you know, people try to say that they're being um, like subjective in, in, a, in a review. And I, I think that's kind of really hard to do, like, because ultimately you're going to enjoy something based on your previous experiences. Right. Um, so everyone's objective and, you know, if like the same thing with the prompt, you could give 20 people the same prompt and they'd all come up with something different. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I, we, we constantly say, uh, especially when it comes to anime and manga and, and ex when it comes to stories there, to me, there's no such thing as a bad one. There's just ones that may not appeal to me. There are plenty of anime that don't appeal to me, but I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. I mean, yeah, production values can vary, and there are a lot of things that can go into that. But in in every story to me has has a lot of value in it, and I'm not ever going to knock someone for putting that story out there. That's yeah. really important to me as 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 someone who writes and someone who promotes writing and creativity is there's, there's who's to say who's to say whose story has value and whose story doesn't i don't you know and that's yeah, i promote my writers the writers that work uh, under me i tell them that you know I, yeah you can find a flaw here and there but don't start off with yeah this sucked start off with and if you really think that strongly about it you better back that back it up and tell me why yeah for sure like i mean you can you just go look at the reviews for any stephen king book yeah there will be one star reviews like there's it's like you're you're never going to please everybody but there's there's always going to be like someone that will like it and like a number of times i watch an anime and, and it didn't gel with me and i'll look on like mal and there's like hosts of people raving about it and i'm like well okay a, a a wonderful example of that is um i was uh interviewing the the production crew of uh trigger who worked on the director uh who worked on darling and the franks mm -hmm. and he had no idea that the show was popular <laughs> because in japan it fell flat but it was gangbusters in the United States. And he said he didn't know until he came to the United States that the show was a success at all. Yeah. Because the domestic audience wasn't a fan of it. But so it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see, you know, different folks and what they think is, you know, interesting. I mean, have you ever seen the maps that Crunchyroll puts out now and then where it shows what region of what place likes what show. It's, I haven't, no. They, they put out maps occasionally and it'll show what they'll like. It'll be a map of North America and it'll show down to each, each state in the United States, the most popular anime streamed in each state. <laughs> and it's absolutely fascinating because there's always like one outlier, you know, where like, you know, you'll have like a, a South Dakota who likes the one show that nobody else likes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, um, I remember I started writing a series um, back at the beginning of 2017. Um, and 
it was probably like my first go at a real major series and you know it had everything i wanted in it it was like vampires zombies like just complete complete genre mashup and i was like i'm just gonna write it see what happens and you know i was at that stage i was very much on the sort of uh, independent author mindset of you know rapid releasing and getting the stuff out there and i think i put eight out before um i ended up going on paternity leave and taking some time off um and i feel like it was really hard to zero in on on who my readers were because it was such a sort of mashup of, of, of genres and styles. Um, and during my, my time off, I really focused on my website and really sort of went back to sort of the learning phase and going through everything. And now I think I'm at the point where I'm going to rewrite that series. Um, but now I can, I know sort of more of where I want to target it. Um, I feel like, you know, I was trying to write short serialized fiction in a in a world that doesn't really buy short serialized fiction. Um, <clears throat> whereas now, like I've had a bit of time to reflect on it. And I think like looking at stuff like web novels and, and light novels is a much more more natural fit for this sort of story. Um, so it's it's you know it's interesting to just step back and, and work out exactly where you should focus your your attention. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, and it, it's you know given your background, it is a very analytical analytical way of looking at um, yeah. how, how to do it. You, you're finding your audience, and um, that's you know, that's a lot of what my wife does. Is uh, she's been doing like twitter since it started as a as a as a content creator etc for corporations and that's a bit analytics 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 got to find what your audience is where it is what it wants what it likes you know and uh yeah that's that's a that's a, a good way of of approaching the process um what was what was the first story that you wrote down on paper can you remember um, so the first one that I, I guess that was a complete story that I actually finished was uh, it was a submission for a, um, a sci -fi, science fiction and fantasy magazine in the UK uh, called SFX uh, they were putting together an anthology and so I put just uh, I told someone at work that I was going to do it. And of course, about a week before the deadline, they're like, hey, have you done that story? And I'm like, no, right, better do that. Um, so it was, it was good. Just the fact that I told someone was probably the the, the key factor in me finishing it. Um, and it was, a, I guess, a bit of a dark, futuristic post-apocalyptic story where it have anything to do with a virus uh no there was no <laughs> virus um the 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 reason for the the demise was not not revealed but uh there was a lot of cloning and and 
sort of very psych, uh, cyclical stories where it was you know, stuff was repeating and and people didn't realize and and yeah it's it's one of those that I've I've got tucked away somewhere that I'd like to develop at a later date to something more more interesting um, yeah. than than just a, a short but mine I'm pretty sure mine was a mine was a uh, my own piece of may macross inspired uh space battle excellent type thing yeah. so you know we all we all find we all start somewhere and i remember being so proud of the 10 pages that yes. i typed out <laughs> i might have been in fifth grade when i did that and uh yeah it's that was my oh yeah printed it on a dot matrix printer too oh yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> so um let me let's talk a little bit about the reviews that you do now you said you've been going back and watching some things with a, a, a critical eye what is the thing that you notice most when you're doing a, a rewatch what, what are the kinds of things you really pick up on that you typically wouldn't pick up on the first time so foreshadowing is a obviously a big one um it helps knowing the end and where everything's going so you can you can start to see the all the little clues that were there that you probably took in the first time but not consciously it's just so you it's uh like i i love some really good foreshadowing and, and where you're like you know one of my favorite things in in all stories is is a good ending where everything kind of rounds out and fits together and and it's all it's surprising, but completely obvious at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, why didn't I see that until this point? Um, and so going back through them, I can, I can start to look for those clues and, and really sort of get an idea of just how small and subtle these things are that all slowly build up and through the series until you get to the end. And it's just like, okay. So, um, a lot of shows, follow similar patterns um i guess where are you on the some people are like oh this just has trope after uh, too many tropes i kind of find that comforting in some ways it's like i i kind of know what to expect in in a lot of ways because of tropes do you think that you know there needs to be there needs to be more more shows or more stories that kind of break out of those molds? Or do you think those molds are good for constructing the worlds that we like? Some people, someone was saying that, oh my God, another Aseki. So, uh, you know, and I blew their mind by telling them Alice and Wonderland yeah. was an Aseki. That the genre has been around for a very long time. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonder, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and yeah. all of his stories about John Carter. Yeah, for those sure. are a secchi. So, yeah, is are you finding that it, as someone who's consuming a lot of it, uh, are you hoping for? Are you one of those who are like, please give me something that is completely original, completely out there that I've never seen before, or do you take comfort in like that? Uh, home cooking <laughs> yeah sense of anime <laughs> yeah for sure there's you know tropes are tropes 
for a reason, um, you know, to, to the point that people expect them. Like if, if someone's watching a series about uh, like a, a futuristic sci-fi, they're going to be pretty upset if there isn't a robot. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it, it's going to be there. Um, and, you know, for the most part, you want like a good grounding of the tropes. You want the stuff that makes everyone feel comfortable and, and gelled in. Um, I do like when, when they'll flip for little things. Uh, there's a, like one of the series I'm rewatching at the moment is uh, Harukana Receive. Okay. The, the beach volleyball one. Um, and there's a point in, I want to say episode three, it might be two actually, where uh, Haruka is is being told by one of the other volleyball players about Kanada and how um, she's not like reliable and a little bit flaky. And of course, you know they're talking about this on the beach, and Kanada's on the the, the promenade, and she can hear everything. And it's you know in that normal situation, the trope would be she overhears everything and runs off before Haruka gets a chance to 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 rebuff or agree with it. Um, but before she runs off, Haruka's like, I don't care about any of that. Like, she's my partner and we're gonna play beach volleyball. And so they turned what's normally a, a sort of dark soul destroying moment into this sort of uplifting moment that really bonded the two characters. Okay. Um, so I love it when, when they do things like that, where they just, a little tweak um, to change the tone of it completely. Because um, obviously you're expecting yeah. her to run off screaming or more crying. Sho and... More shoujo style. Like <clears throat> that would definitely happen in a shoujo uh, manga yes. story where, you know, that, that would be the soul crushing moment. She would never hear the good things said about her. And yeah, it's, and I, and since you bring that up, I have to say that that show actually was very despite everyone referred to it I, I heard a lot of people talk about it as an etchy show and it really wasn't just no. because they were in bathing suits that didn't make it like etchy at all i mean they it was really focused on playing volleyball and playing beach volleyball and you know i i, I didn't see that um that angle uh from what other people were thinking that and it also was one of those moments where i realized i was old because i just thought the mom was hot so <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah. and like that that show to me it was like it was just like so wholesome yes like it was like you know they focused on the the friendships and they were competitive without being nasty like, yeah uh, and it, it, you know, it had a lot of, you know, very positive moments. I come out of it, you know, feeling like, you know, that was a really fun series, and that's why I'm, I'm back reviewing that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it showed that you can be uh, competitive and uh, show sportsmanship the entire time, and yes. that, that is something I think that is, is lacking as a sports fan to begin with. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, there's, you know little too much lack of class yeah well at the same time uh hanibado was was out oh which and has that... some of the best animation oh the 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 matches are stunning like i yes can't can't get enough of that but 
some of the toxicity in the characters i was just like oh yeah and and, you know spoil alert spoil alert to anybody who's listening who doesn't hasn't seen hasn't seen it um dude what the only part that drew me down on that program was the indie I did not want her to have that miraculous change of, oh, working as a team is much better than saying, screw you all. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see the cathartic moment that would have made her lift that baggage off of her shoulders. So, yeah. But that was, yeah, that was my only down point in that program. <laughs> so it, it's, I, I, it's one of those things where, because I, like you, I've been watching it, watching the stuff for a long time, and I've found that people are the the best anime is the anime that you watch what you watched when you were first introduced to anime. Do you find that uh, there there are a lot of people who are like, oh, the the '90s was like the best, and this new stuff is just tired and old, or you know, it's I've, yeah, I've definitely noticed noticed that a lot, and and. You know, you see it where everyone's like, "Oh, anything before 2010 is garbage." Yeah, like, um, dude. Like yeah. you know, you're you're discounting a lot of really great shows by <laughs> by by taking that sort of stance. Yeah, hell, for me, it's always been, the, you know, Toonami was the beginning of anime. <laughs> dude, hand me your VHS tape. Okay, yeah. that you got from a friend, and then then complained <laughs> and told me about the beginning. Yeah, well, that's it. Like for me, it was uh, the early '90s, and um, one of the, the the local terrestrial television stations started doing a late night Friday anime session. Cool. And um, the first the first one they started was Akira. Oh my God! And that that's like, an introduction that blows your mind. Absolutely. And, you know, I was, you know, an early teenager um, and I'd never, I'd always had a preference to animated stuff over live action. And uh, I can remember sitting up late at night watching this and, you know, they're swearing and it's violent. And I was just like, this is just the best thing in the world. Yes. Yeah. For me, for me, that was my Macross experience um, where people freaking died like half yeah. the planet was killed <laughs> one of the main characters gets killed it's yeah. oh my god i was like this is this is amazing this isn't gi joe where everyone they shoot all the bullets and no one gets shot <laughs> this yeah, is that's it. this is much 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 cooler to me and uh yeah i mean the macross venus wars uh akira which really just was mind warpingly like oh my god this is amazing when i first saw it so yeah it's... yeah like i rewatched akira a couple of years ago and it was it was as good if not better than i remembered like there was there were like watching it as a a, a little bit older there was layers that that i just you know Completely as a teenager amazing. i was like yeah they're all killing everybody and there's bikers and but um you know watching it older that it opens with like a, a two minute uh, like opening scene and you see, you know, the fancy tower blocks and then there's there's the bikers, there's social unrest. You've got 
like it just set everything up so beautifully in that first two minutes it was just like like it's it's there's no way you're not going to watch the rest yeah and, and it also i think has to do with like the age in which you are when you watch something yeah i if you watch if you are between the ages of like 11 and 15 when you first see uh evangelion you think it is the greatest anime you have ever seen in your entire life because it fits all the mopiness that and teenage <laughs> angst that you've got but i really didn't watch ava until i was i might have been like 30 when i first saw ava or something like that and i'm like okay it's, it's okay i mean and then the last two episodes i was like what the hell is this but it to me it wasn't that transcendent experience that i hear from so many uh students uh especially students or kids that run into conventions they're like this is but you don't get all the symbolism and all this i'm like dude <laughs> maybe maybe because i'm just not an angsty teen that that just didn't get to me yeah <laughs> well i remember like the like akira was a big buy-in for me but the moment that i was like fully on board um was project echo okay um so it, it's a a bit of a mashup of like it, it makes fun of all the sort of the big movies like macross and and, okay. and um like dominion tank police and and all, all of that and it just it has such a I guess I want to say a stereotypical Japanese sense of humor. Like it's just, it's, it's weird. It's wacky. It's surreal. And I was just like, like, this is, this is where I belong. Like, this is my sense of humor. Yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had times where I've not watched as much anime, but I always keep coming back and now I don't think I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, it's, uh, for me, it, for me, once the world of streaming opened, I was oh. just like, this is the <clears throat> thing. This is the freaking golden age uh, for me. This is, I can get all the anime I want um, from anywhere. And because I'm grown up and have an income, yeah. I can pay for as many streaming services as I want. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I used to spend, like, I remember the Giver when it first came out on VHS. And they were they were five pounds a video, for That's... for one episode, which is you know like ten ten dollars. Ten dollars, yeah. And and I was like happily handing that over. I'm yeah. like that's that's an entire subscription service from yeah. from one thirty minute episode. Yeah, I yeah <laughs> I, I hear you on that because, you know, my my biggest grumpy old man moment at a convention is whenever <laughs> I hear kids complaining about having to pay for streaming services and saying that they think that they should be able to pirate it i'm like dudes no <laughs> this is yeah this is amazing this, this like, is freaking amazing <laughs> yeah it's like it's almost impossible to run out of shows to watch now yes but i still find myself watch re-watching things again and again and oh, again yeah. and again uh, but uh, yeah I, oh yeah especially in the doldrums like we are in right now yeah. where there's there's not a lot of new stuff some of that's COVID related. Some of that's just we're in between seasons. Things have wrapped up and we're waiting for the new stuff to drop. But dude, you know, I just rewatched the beginning, the episode zero of, uh, of How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend um, because 
that is my all-time favorite um all-time favorite I, I love the writing in it so much i enjoy it it's funny it yeah I, I love that it's making fun of the industry at the same time it, it's showing a lot of love for the industry it's it's it really is it's my go-to for any time i just like you know what let's just go put that on click yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's easy, and you know you're gonna have a good time. So it's yeah, even even if they haven't dubbed it yet, which yeah. I'll be interested in seeing uh, one day. The um, let's see, there was one other really big question. Uh, let's see, do you let's see, what is uh, do you have any big projects on the horizon? Like, uh, are are you thinking of releasing anything like with multiple chapters anytime soon, or? It, are you just going to keep that on the, the back burner and focus on the reviews and the more short form stuff? Uh, no, I've been trying to get a bit of a balance between the reviews and longer stuff. Um, I did NaNoWriMo this past November. Um, and because I'd been in a bit of a, a bit of a writing rut, I decided to try something completely different. Uh, most of my stuff is dark sci-fi, dark fantasy. Um, but recently I found myself really enjoying um, the sort of more f like light and fun shows. Um, like slice of life stuff? Kind of, yeah. Like um, I'd say the, the big ones for me the last year were like uh, Bofuri, okay. uh, Princess Connect um, really surprised me. Except for the double, double ears. On, yeah yeah that that bothers the hell out of me but other than <laughs> that it was great yeah um and you know i'm a you know i like my my harem and ichi stuff yeah and, and so I, I a few years back while i was on a flight i i was flying to thunder bay ontario of all places and i don't know if my mind wanted to be going somewhere else but i had this sudden idea for a like a beach resort harem <laughs> comedy um and i jotted down like a plot on my phone uh, on the way there and that has you know sat in my my documents for a couple of years and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and write that because that's i think that's gonna be the sort of perfect antidote to the the weird year we've had so far it was just i'm gonna write something funny something light and entertaining and you know a little bit of romance and and so i started that um for nanoromo i i did the fifty thousand words in november um and i'm about two-thirds of the way through the story okay um so i've got a bit more to do that i'm going to pick up again in january um and once i've got that finished off i'm hoping to start releasing it early next year so i'll do the the whole web novel are, are you going to use your site or are you going to you think you'll use something uh one of the other ones uh i'm probably gonna branch out and use a few okay well, hey nothing wrong with that and even though i i often say disclaimer i do i am an editor for honey's anime we also operate honey feed which is our web novel site so we've and it, it gets a good amount of views so I'd keep Honeyfeed in, in mind because yeah, it's, a, it's definitely on my short list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, stay on the line. I'm going to tag us out and I'll chat with you about a couple things. Uh, but I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, and I want to 
I know that you're in the same attitude as me after this conversation. Right now, we are in a, an amazing age where we can publish from our living rooms and everyone can get their stories out there. And that, you know, I, I never think that the world is short of, uh, is going to be overpopulated with stories. I want as many of them out there as possible. Uh, so if you like this conversation and some of our conversations uh, we've had in the past, please make sure you click the subscribe button. And uh, until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.